1: Hello everyone, I'm Dorothy Koshu, host of the Benefits Executive Roundtable, and I'd like to steer away a little bit from Benefits for this very special podcast on remote learning in the age of COVID, how it affects teachers, students, and parents. I have with me today a teacher. Her name is Jennifer. She's an elementary teacher here in Orange County, California, where schools have been open since earlier this fall, and students are learning on a hybrid education system. So I want to say, first of all, welcome, Jen. Thank you very much for being here. And I want to hear your views not only as a teacher, but also as a parent with two young children that you have at home that are having to adapt to this stressful time as well. So, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. I'm happy to share my my input. Jen and I are actually sitting outside today. So, this is actually one of my very few live podcasts this season. So, it's really great to talk to a human being live in front of me rather than with a headset over a computer. So, I'm very thankful for that. I also want to state that because we're outside, we may have some noise interruptions, like perhaps dogs barking, birds chirping, which I hear right now in the background, uh, cars going by, winds kicking up, something like that. But hey, at least we're not dealing with the internet and the interruptions that come there. So uh, just as a little bit of a disclaimer here at the beginning, uh, we may have some noise interruptions, so please bear with us. Uh, but as I said, I'm just really happy to have you, Jen, and I'm, I'm very happy that we can be talking about this really important topic. So let's, let's go ahead and get started with You know, last spring, our world basically changed drastically overnight, and our governor issued safer-at-home orders, and the kids were sent home without any warning, uh, without an education plan for weeks, uh, and eventually the schools and the districts and the teachers had to adapt to remote learning. Can you walk us back to that time and... and you know, what happened and how long did it take to get your remote plan in action, etc. What, what was this like in those first opening days and weeks? Right. Well, I remember that week. It was one of those weeks that teachers always laugh about. It was a
2: the time change, a rainy week and a full moon. And we always <laughs> say the students are different on a full moon. They're always weird on a full moon day. Well, we had all of that going on that week. Um, and I remember it was Friday the 13th. That was also a special thing about that week it was Friday the 13th. Really? I
1: don't recall it being Friday the 13th. It was Friday the
2: 13th. I remember it well. Oh. And I just remember um, kind of talking to some a colleague in another district how things are shutting down. Like LA Unified, I think, was, was already preparing to shut down. I hadn't heard. And there's a lot of kind of uh, people were worried about what was happening, the pandemic. And... Um, I get to school in the morning on the 13th, and my inbox has probably about three independent study requests from parents wanting um, me to gather in that day, wanting me to gather the next three weeks of work, which is a very hard thing to do if you're a teacher, you know. You have, you usually have a week planned in advance, but not three weeks, not when their needs change. And, uh, you know, sometimes they don't understand a lesson you've got to reteach, so it, it throws off your plans. But they wanted three weeks' worth. They were very afraid. And I remember sending that to the office, and I think many other teachers had a lot of independent study requests going on. So as the day wore on, I was getting texts from other friends in other districts saying, we're closed, we're closed. My sister, also a teacher um, in the San Diego area, had said, hey, we're closed. And I was just waiting for the shoe to drop for us to close. And I found out about the very end of my lunch break that, yes, we'd be closing. So, um, you know, we had to tell our students and I remember the principal came on the intercom and she announced it. And, you know, big cheer from the students because huh, they're excited. You know, <laughs> it's vacation. It's vacation. Mar- March is not a time where we have a lot of holidays like we do right now. And so, you know, they're very much looking forward to a break. And you could hear the cheers. Um, but the teachers went into, like, you know, attack mode. And we decided we were sending home all of their books, all of the papers. Any extra worksheet we had run off, they would need it for the for the future, you know, and that's what we were planning. And we were told that we were just going to pause the learning for two weeks, and then you know see what happened. And that you know maybe we'd be back in a week. And that was never um, came to be. So after about two weeks of just kind of lull time and trying to get in a Zoom session with the class, learning Zoom technology had not been a word in my vocabulary. Um, as, as it is used right now. Um, I think I met with my class once on Zoom just to see everybody. And, you know, a lot of students came and smiles on the faces. Um, and then the district started working on, you know, uh, distance plans, like what we could do, activities we could do. But the state had very strict requirements of what we could and could not assign and what we could and could not expect of students because it was all of a sudden.
1: Yeah. Well, I understand there was a lot of downtime, as you mentioned, over those first few weeks. But how did the kids respond to the sudden lack of structure, you know, their inability to see their friends, except possibly on an occasional Zoom meeting in those early, early days and weeks? I'm sure that it affected their emotions and their moods and everything else. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about how that affected the kids?
2: Right. Well, I think in the beginning it was a novelty. Yeah. They didn't have to go to school. It was kind of like another winter break in the middle of spring. And it was um, supposed to be for two weeks. So I think at first it was kind of like, hey, I don't have to go to school. I'm going to sleep in. Um, it was rainy at that time. We had a lot of rain. Um, and so they weren't able to go outside and their sports would have can- been canceled anyways. But um, it did start to get boring where you're, everyone in the house is together all the time. And, you know, you turn on the TV and there's scary news reports and you're not allowed to see anyone and you start kind of feeling isolated Um and it was just it was just kind of strange. I don't. I would say my kids they they were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they I think they're more introverted than other children. And you know we tried to you know do a lot of puzzles and um, you know watched a lot of TV. Tried to read a lot of books. Play the board games, but that does get old after a while. So you know I think everyone after a while you're you're just kind of it's just the day after the day It's like Groundhog Day over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And it's just boring. It gets boring. And it's yeah. just, you know, after a while, it's like, I can't read another
1: book. I've read so many words. And right. I don't right. think I could do another puzzle. Right. Right. So as we said before, you're not only a teacher, but as you mentioned, you have uh, two young children at home. Um, can you tell us their, approximately their ages? And uh, I have a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old. Okay. So you said that they were just thinking of it as a novelty as well. Mm-hmm. But now as the weeks wore on, you know... Do you think this, how, did this become more difficult? And, and did this, how, how was the stress level um, in, the, in, the, in the home, as well as with your students? Um, you know, now we've gone from a couple of weeks to, into, a, into a month or two. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the um, hardest thing was, is once schools kind of started
2: kicking in with the plans, uh, there wasn't a real a good direction. It was just kind of a free-for-all. And some teachers really went overboard with what they wanted the students to do. And, um, and some teachers didn't do enough. And I think, you know, one of my children got jealous of the other because they didn't have as much work to do as the other child did. Um, That's and, interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very interesting. So that was hard. And then just trying to, they knew that it wasn't graded. Nothing was graded last spring. Um, and so, it's, you know, what, what's the point of doing this? You know, yeah. I'm not going to get a failing grade, I don't, I don't have to. The state says I don't have to. Right. You know, because they would hear me talk about it to my husband or, you know, they would overhear me participating in a zoom staff meeting. So they knew what was, what was happening. So I think it was just hard for them because they were, they did miss some friends
1: yeah, and you know, just the inconsistencies of school. So do you think that was the most difficult part? The, I, I think so. Yeah. That's, I would, I would imagine that as well. Um, I know you heard, as you said, from a lot of parents, they had to, you know, be there during the day. Um, some of them, you know, had to be working from home. Some of them lost their jobs. But regardless, whether they did or not, whether they were trying to work at home or not, they had to deal with their kids. They had to deal with, you know, helping them. Their childcare was closed. Uh, they had to now help them with homework or help them with some of the, the lesson plans that you guys attempted to work with them on. And this was really difficult. And you yourself, you're not only trying to prepare lesson plans for your kids whatever you could do remotely according to the state guidelines but you also had your own kids to deal with at home that you know as parents how stressful was this for you and 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 the parents that you that you dealt with on a regular basis the parents of your students right it's it's really stressful um for parents it's hard to work when you have the
2: distraction of your kids and they constantly it seems like their appetites increased in this. They were constantly hungry. It's like we fed breakfast, and then they were ready for a snack, and then it was lunchtime. And it felt like we were constantly feeding the children. And it's very hard to concentrate on your work when you have kids and their needs, or they squabble, because they're not, you know, it was it was cold and rainy, so they weren't outside playing, so it was all indoors. And I think at first, parents, they realized, oh my gosh, teachers do so much. Yeah. Um, you I know, think for the first time they realized. Right, they realized, and there was a lot of appreciation, you know, teachers should get a million dollars a year, and, and all of that, um, and that, that did start to wear off, you okay. know, it really, it really did, um, but at first there was a lot of appreciation, like, I don't know how you do this job, and it's like, well, there is so much that you don't see, um, you know, when you're at home with your kids, and... You know, I think everyone, everyone, every adult went to school. So I think they feel like, well, I know what it's like to be a teacher. I went to school and I was a student. But there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that um, they don't know. And so I think it was kind of eye-opening that, you know, they had to be in charge. And, um, you know, the math, the new way of math is very hard for people who learned, you know, traditional methods of math to
1: figure
2: like out the kids The today. common core <laughs> ways of five different ways to add uh, numbers. Right.
1: Yeah. So your district is actually one of the lucky ones. Your students actually received laptops. I believe it was Chromebooks mm-hmm. uh, from the district and they were already set up and pre-programmed to, you know, help you with the remote education and help the kids. And you know, how long did it take the students and the parents and the teachers, you know, to get those laptops and, and to get, you know, acclimated to all of this? Well, if, if I remember correctly, we, when we
2: closed, um, we were off for two weeks and no one was supposed to come in because, uh, we didn't know about the germ transmission and, right. you know, there, I think the people were afraid that, you know, if you come in before two weeks, you might pick up germs right. from surfaces. Right. And so I, I remember having two weeks and then we were able to come in and, go to our rooms and and gather materials, everything that we thought we would need. And then Chromebook, uh, Chromebooks would be um, sent home with students at some time during the week. They had different days at different schools um, for students to take Chromebooks. And they were encouraged to because, um, you know, not everyone had a device at home. So it took two to three weeks. And they also had packets of materials that parents could use um, during the remote learning part, the kind of the emergency crisis teaching that at least they could do some reading and some math.
1: Right. Well, I'm sure, you know, all the kids in the districts wish they could have been so lucky because, as you know, a lot of parts of California and across the country as well, you know, their schools weren't able to provide them with laptops. They were kind of on their own and they were waiting months in a lot of cases and hoping that some of the charitable organizations would would help um, to provide them with, with, you know, devices at home and um, and that sort of thing, or for the schools to come up with the money, or whatever the situation was. Are you aware of any of the uh, fundraising or any other other efforts that help kids in those other districts? Um, you know, there's a lot of times on
2: Facebook you'll see donors choose or GoFundmes. Um, however, a lot of schools that are have um, more socioeconomically disadvantaged areas, they do receive additional funding from the state and federal government. So. Many of those schools do have more um, Chromebooks or laptops or iPads provided to them than schools in a, a wealthier area. So um, I think for my district, we were covered and we were fine. I'm not familiar, you know, I don't know about other school districts, but, there, you know, schools that, there, you know, there is funding for schools that have, you know,
1: lower, um, lower economic areas. That, that's good. That's good to know. I was mm-hmm. not aware that they had a variance there. We call them Title I funds in California. Okay. Yeah, I was not aware of that. So when did you first start teaching in the spring? I mean, how many hours a day? How many days a week? I mean, did the kids pay attention? What was that like? I mean, this is, no, this is your new normal, yeah. but it was anything okay. but normal. Can you kind um, of walk it was not through that? normal at
2: all. There wasn't a cohesive plan. It was left up to the teachers. They wanted us to Provide it was a couple weeks in. They provided a few weeks of lesson plans, just you know, that um, teachers on special assignment would found, and then we were allowed to a couple weeks later start with resuming our curriculum, and that's what I wanted to do is kind of resume so that they would get my my fifth grade content, and so um, I would I did Zoom sessions three times a week. Some teachers did it every day. Some teachers didn't do it at all, or they may have put in two, maybe two a month. Um, Teachers had to start a a Google Classroom or a Seesaw Classroom or something where they could put digitally put assignments. We weren't allowed to send worksheets. So any kind of worksheet you may have wanted them to do, you had to scan it in, and then the students would have to print it out. Not everyone has a printer at home. Or a scanner, yeah. Right, they don't have a scanner. So that was hard. You know, fortunately, I had the the idea to send home all of my textbooks, which were all consumable textbooks where they write in it. So yeah. they so you had materials. As soon as, as soon as you, as soon had, as you got, yes, got the notice. But, I, I figured that yeah. we would need, and I had sent home worksheets, so I was like, pull out this worksheet. Um, the students did not have to attend Zoom sessions. It was not required. So I might have had about half the class come. I did have most of my students complete their assignments on the Google Classroom, um, you know, kids don't always know to check their emails. Right. You know, they do have an email account. They Especially don't at know. that age. And so you would, you would try to get messages to them, but it, uh, didn't always get through, you know. Did you have email addresses for parents? Uh-huh. Okay. We, yeah, we have email addresses. So I, I could email the parents if I needed. Um, we have a communication app as well. I would, e- I even sent home like written letters to yeah. the kids. Yeah. Postcards. How are you doing? I'm thinking of you. Yeah. Um, you know that at my cost, just because I wanted, and i I did
1: acquire a few pen pals who wrote to me at my house so That's that was nice, that was nice well, when you were on these zoom calls, uh these zoom you know education sessions, mm-hmm. did the kids pay attention um if they came, they did okay. um the ones who didn't pay attention are the ones who just didn't show up <laughs> okay. It
2: was not, it's not any, um, not normal teaching though. It was, I used it more of a chance just to socialize and let students talk. And I was there as kind of a monitor and yeah. it would be a very light lesson. Yeah. I, I did a lot of teaching where I videoed myself using the consumable math book and I videoed my lessons and writing, writing notes so that they could copy down notes if, if, if they wanted to in their math notebooks and then work through the problems. Um so I did a lot of pre-recorded lessons for them to view. Yeah. Um every day. For every day of the rest of the year we did pre-recorded lessons. So it you know, the teaching might have been reading a chapter in our, our novel that we were reading or just playing a fun
1: game. Yeah. Um well it sounds like you went kind of above and beyond.
2: I, I did the best I could. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure that the parents appreciated it, even if after, you know, a time they appreciated it less right. because they were all so stressed, but I'm sure that they appreciated it a lot. Right. So, okay, so we talked about the spring when this first, you know, first happened, uh when you first shut down, you first had to go into the remote learning. Now, shortly thereafter, summer break occurs. The mm-hmm. kids are now truly off school, but right. they're still unable to see their friends. They're still unable to socialize be normal kids. You know, how did the summer wear on for kids and parents? Did you hear from any of your your your, your parents of your mm-hmm. students? Yeah, um, yeah, some some of my students, like I said, I had the pen pals.
2: Um, and some of the parents would email me over the summer. I don't in the summer it's not you know it's kind of my break to recharge and reenergize right, for right. the year, so I don't always check my email every day, um, but I I would get emails. But it's it's very boring because remember libraries were shut down, right? So you know libraries have great programs for kids in the summer. Usually there's a weekly activity the beginning even at the, beginning, even books, e- at the beginning
1: for for several months there was no even outdoor dining either right. it was all carry out dining so you couldn't even go outside yeah. i remember how excited right. you know we were in right. the summertime when they right. finally let us go out to a restaurant and right. sit outside
2: right yeah and it's parks were closed so it was a lot of uh, play in your backyard you yeah. know if you were lucky to have a swimming pool you could swim in your pool um, i think a lot of people though it got old and yeah. i think a lot of people did meet with friends, and they did have those get-togethers because it is boring, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's, um, in summer, you know, we kind of started getting the, you know, I think at the beginning in June, it was, okay, everything's going to be normal in in the fall and in September, and it's, the kids are going to be back, and, you know, and then it started, we started hearing these talks of cases getting um, higher, rising in the county, and hybrid schooling, which sounded terrible. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and um and then you know parents are starting to get angry at teachers like like we created this situation right we it's didn't want to work yeah you're all, all and your it's fault, like yeah. we want to work we teachers are some of the hardest working people you're going to meet we're right. always you know you go to a store and we're thinking i'm going to buy those um pipe cleaners because we need that for science and we need that for art and you go on vacation it's like oh that book might come in handy because we're learning about this topic and right. i'm going to need that book uh, on Out of on, your own expense. On, on your own expense. We yeah. spent hundreds, thousands of dollars. I, I haven't added up over the years I've been teaching, but I would—I've spent a, I probably have spent enough to buy myself a new car. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's, yeah, I, I know it's it's a lot. So that a lot.
2: we started getting some kind of nasty public opinion about teachers, which is very hurtful to see it on the you know the community Facebook pages and just you know teachers don't want to work. Their unions. There's nothing about that, we just want to be safe.
1: Right, of course. So now comes the fall. You mentioned mm-hmm. that, that people are worried about fall, thinking yeah. at first that everything was going to be fine. Right. And uh, Orange County, unlike LA County and other counties, uh, voted to send kids back to the mm-hmm. classrooms and start hybrid learning. So when did that start? And can you tell us what mm-hmm. that was like? And, you know, right. and is it still going on or has it changed since the beginning of hybrid learning? So um, in the beginning, we actually started school distance.
2: And we had several weeks of distance where everyone was remote. Everyone was working off of a Chromebook. We had, and it was definitely a regimented schedule. School had their certain hours. The teacher was on a Zoom all day with the the class. Um, And I actually liked that because um, I was in the comfort of my home. My two kids were able to be at home in different rooms, albeit, because we were all on our own Zoom sessions. And my husband was on his sessions for his uh, work. Um, but I, I did enjoy being able to do some of my chores when I, it was recess or lunchtime. I could start my laundry. I could start my dishwasher. I, could, I felt like I was getting things done, and I felt like I had a, a normal day with the class. I was able to build some kind of a relationship with these students, even though we weren't in the same room together. Because yeah, these, yeah, these, these are new students. Yeah, these were new students. And I, I, had, I had known some of these students before, so that, that helped. Um, and then, you know, then came the time where it was a lot of other districts started opening up, and my district wanted to follow suit. And um, the public was very angry. Um, I my district has had a lot of parents, vocal parents, complain. Why aren't schools starting? Teachers are lazy. Teachers don't want to work. Their unions are doing this. It's like it was just we wanted to be safe and right. we wanted to have those protocols in place. So right. we started um, mid to end October. And uh, we had a, a format where we had a, a morning and an afternoon um, group. Okay. And um, some of the students in the morning group come to school, and some of them Zoomed in from home. So you're now I'm running a classroom of students who are in the room with me and students that are all at home. Uh-huh. And um, it's very hard to hear through masks and through rows of plexiglass, and they all have to face forward. So, not so are you running the Zoom meeting simultaneously with the live class? Correct, and you're okay. trying to facilitate some kind of a conversation, which right. basically is—it feels like I'm translating English right. for the English speakers at home because the
1: kids at home cannot hear the kids at their desk. I can right. hardly hear them. Well, I can because, just imagine. I do a lot yeah. of a lot of webinars and yeah. things like that. I can't even imagine having a live class going on and it's right. hard enough because when we do that for my work you know sometimes we'll have uh a go-to meeting set up for remote locations right. and we're having a live session and it's challenging but that was just once in a while but they have to do that on a daily and basis, every day twice a day twice, twice a day wow
2: um so then then we have a break and we get a lunch break and then the second group of students come in so you're teaching the same content again um and i have some students in class and some students um that are at home and it's very hard because you know, different teachers have different amounts of students in school, where yeah. I know some teachers where most of their students are in class, yeah. and they may not have to run a Zoom session during one of their groupings. I have about, I have more than half that stay at home, and each group I deal with, half of the students are at home, and half of the students are at school. Did they get to choose whether they The parents gonna... got to choose what they wanted to do. Um, based on their family needs or work. It's very hard because school is also a much shorter session. Right. In order to get two groups of students in, we get about two and a half hours. Yeah. So that's a very hard schedule for parents who work. Yeah. To half. Yeah. You know, many parents have to rely on childcare. Right. Which exactly. Is, <laughs> which is a problem in itself because the students are, after their school hours are done with the teacher, they are required to do some work independently at home. Right. And not all, not, that doesn't happen all the time. So the right. kids who, like my children, I feel really um, are at a direct disadvantage because they're not at home. Right. They're in a childcare setting. There are other students. And it's not as structured as a teacher being in charge. So there's a lot of distractions. So I find that. I teach two groups a day, I go home, and then I have to make sure they get all their work done. Do it all over And again. I'm cooking so dinner, it's three, it's and I'm, three, I'm doing four, chores, and then they've got
1: homework. Yeah, and the kids have so different it's, classes. This, yeah. is,
2: this is very hard for yeah. um, working parents to do. It's very hard for teachers to sustain because we also have to gather uh, materials for students to take home every week. Right. And you're, you're stuffing envelopes of things, and you have to
1: be so far planned in advance yeah. what you're going to do. So, so we're a few months into this now, mm-hmm. the hybrid learning. How are the right. kids doing? How are they?
2: Um, you know, I think the students who come to school, they're happy to see their teachers. They're happy to see other students. They're not, you know, they have a real limited socializing chance at recess. And right. they're not supposed to really be close. Right. And it is hard for kids to remember that. So I'm always separate, separate, six feet apart. They do wear their masks. They're good about wearing their masks. Um, but I... I I also know that some of them are forced to go to school by their parents. They might actually be happier at home. Yeah. The students who stay at home, some of them are very engaged, and some of them will not even turn their cameras on, and the state does not, you can't force a child to turn on their camera, which yeah. makes it hard because their screen is dark, you don't know what they're doing, and I know they're getting away with murder at home. Playing, <laughs> sure they they are. Can, it, You can't tell if they're playing it's, a video game, right? You know, while you're teaching, exactly. or if they run out of the room
1: to run to the rest. Of, there's no, there really, there's, no it, there's not
2: much we can do yeah.
1: about it. There's no monitoring. Yeah, no. Yeah. So as a teacher, of course, you had no choice. Right. You were directed to go right. back to school. Right. And do, you know, do you think this was safe for you as a teacher and for your students? Not to mention that your own children are also, you know, elementary students. What? How do you think? Were you guys safe? Are you safe? Um, I think that the
2: districts across the state do try to make it safe. All the schools I've seen pictures of, they all have giant plexiglass screens on desks. Desks are in rows. We try our best to space students six feet apart, although in some classrooms, it's just small. There's right. not enough space. Yeah, I've
1: seen some of those classrooms. Uh-huh. They're very tiny. Um, yeah.
2: You know, the, the classrooms have hand sanitizing stations. Mm-hmm. So um, they
1: we have wipes. We have extra masks. Do you direct them like every so often? Okay, everybody, get in line six feet apart and use hand sanitizer every morning. You're not six feet apart. Go
2: back here. Um, And in the morning, I give them a wipe for their desk, an alcohol wipe to clean. And after recess, go sanitize your hands. Okay. Um, Just reminders of wash your hands. Don't touch your eyes. Don't touch your nose. Don't you know? Right. Um, I, you know. I think districts are doing the best they can, yeah, yeah. I think it's very hard for them because they have so much public backlash against them yeah. and but i now that cases are really rising, and um, I know some friends, teachers, that have been infected, and they have brought the illness to their families, and you know um, not everyone you know people can be asymptomatic, and people can have very strange reactions, um, hospitalizations. It is very scary. Um, I know parents are desperate to have their kids in school. I know kids really want to be with other kids. But um, I don't always feel like this is the best solution. And I do worry. I have autoimmune diseases, as many teachers do. There are a lot of teachers that are older. And, um, you know, we didn't have the choice. We could Zoom from home. I'm very worried about getting a cold and wow. not being able to get a substitute for my class, and then what 's going to happen to my class right you know um, i i I know that districts say they're doing deep cleaning at night. I hope that's happening i 'm not there to see it right. right you know sometimes my room isn't even vacuumed every day wow. trash yeah. is taken out i've you know I know that they are supposed to wipe down high touch surfaces and they do spray something on the door handles at lunch, but I've never seen my hand sanitizing station be sprayed down. You know, there's no Do not... you do that
1: yourself when you when you notice it? I mean do you just take yes, your wife's I have and to do things. that
2: <laughs> I have to do that job myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's and it's hard, you know, they tell you to stay behind your glass screen. Well, students have needs. Yeah. They need help. Right. You can't if you they're in there and they're raising their hand, you can't ignore a child. So right. you try to stay Far back from them, but it's hard to see and hear, you know, for right. a screen. So Right. It really plexiglass, is yeah, I mean,
1: that does, it's, plus it, a, it's,
2: plastic, pl- think about yeah. it, plexiglass plus a mask. I yes, mean. there's a lot of glare and there's a lot of muffling going on. Yeah. And it's, I usually have to ask three times, can you say it again? Can you say it again? Yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the hardest thing that I have
1: been through my life and yeah. I and, and that's one know, of the reasons I wanted to yeah. have you on, have, have a teacher on, on a podcast right. because I think that I think it's important that people understand just how difficult it is especially with all the controversy and all the right. you know, parents getting angry right. I, I wanted them to kind of be sitting in your shoes for a moment mm-hmm. and just kind of see how difficult this has been right well, well you mentioned you know medical conditions mm-hmm. and things like that um some teachers of course have pre-existing medical conditions uh do you know of any that personally chose not to go back to work
2: um, yes I do. I, I've known people who are closer to retirement than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, some of them have. But a lot of a lot of people, you know, I'm in my mid forties. Mm-hmm. I've got a mortgage to pay. Right. I've got two kids that I would like to go to college. Right. And to help them, you know, as they get married and to provide for. And so, you know, um my my doctor has assured me that I am okay to work. You know, just be careful. Take those precautions. But I didn't, I don't feel like I have, and most teachers do not feel like we have the ability to say, I'm taking a leave of absence. Right. I'm going to take less pay um, because of this. So right. we all really felt like we needed to come back. Right. And, right. you know, the, like I said, the fear of getting sick. What if I get a cold and I'm going to have to miss you know, usually you'd haul yourself into work, right? right. Power
1: through it. Well, now we can't. I, I, I would imagine. I know that you personally mm-hmm. got a flu shot as well as your right. kids because you encouraged me to get one. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I actually did for the first time in decades because right. I right. never I never get sick. But I just didn't... The only time I ever had a flu shot years and years, decades ago, was the only time I've right. ever had serious flu in my life. So I didn't right. didn't get one. But mm-hmm. you said, you know, that you guys were getting one. And so I actually... Went ahead and did it myself for the first time, and I think a lot of people are doing that. Which hopefully that'll help. We are in the middle of flu season right now, of course. Right. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Let's keep let's hope my it helps. fingers crossed. Let's help it. Up. Let's help it, it. I, I, you know, I don't think I've ever had so much uh, Zycam either. I, I take Zycam mm-hmm. constantly if I feel a sniffle. Right. I'm Airb- airborne. Yeah, airborne. I'm pumping Zycam. myself with vitamin yeah. C. And constantly. Just constantly.
2: Trying to get as much rest as I can, which is hard because most teachers. Really we don't sleep well. No one. No one. Um, I have not talked to a teacher. Now that is really excited about hybrid learning. Yeah. I've yet to meet a teacher who doesn't feel like their job has increased exponentially. It's so much harder, right? Um, you know, it's 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 always been a hard job. You know, you feel like I've always felt like I can't just say I have a headache, I'm not coming in today. You have to plan for whoever's going to fill right. in your shoes. And exactly. now it's now it's worse because. A lot of our subs are retirees, right. retired teachers. Yeah. They don't want any don't want business dealing yeah. with the technology side of this. Right, that's just—it's probably so pretty it, much impossible. Uh, every day is day by day, and it's just try to take it, get through one day at a time. And it's soon there'll be break, you know, soon there'll be winter break. But then January comes, and it's going to be a long way
1: till June. Right, we are recording just so that everyone knows we actually recording in in early December here. Okay. Um, this won't be uh, actually released until after the first of the yeah. year, but um, you know, we're sitting here in Southern California and today is going to be, uh, you know, low to mid seventies, <laughs> sun shining. It's a right. beautiful day in Southern California. So at least we have that, but some, some, some areas aren't quite as lucky, but um let's come back to this. You mentioned some of the protocols that you right. had in your school. Can you tell us, you know, the types of COVID protocols in your schools and your district, you know, what are they doing to keep the teachers and employees safe? I know that that you mentioned some of them but is there a a strict routine um and is that enough what do you think
2: um you know they're they're using some special sprays at night um to 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 kill the germs um you know there's hand sanitizing stations in every classroom um and located um throughout the school um we were told there would be hand washing stations um, we got two, none of them are close to my classroom, and I'm not close to a bathroom, so it doesn't benefit my students at all. Uh, we have, you know, um, face shields we can wear if we choose, but now we've been told you have to wear a mask. The face shield, just wearing a face shield is not sufficient coverage for, you know, for your health. And so masks are hard to talk through, um, it's hard for students to see your nonverbal communication your smiles or you know uh yeah. Yeah. your 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 frowns or, no 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 don't do that right. um we have alcohol wipes we have um plenty of masks even for students too uh you know they do spray the rooms down with uh, the at least the door handles down the high touch surfaces however i, I wish they would clean more yeah. during lunch um, right. i'm not there in the evening to see what's done or not but i know that the custodial staff is also taxed. Yeah. Their job has become harder, and there's not more custodians at each school. Those people were not hired yeah. to help, so they've got more to their job, which was already hard as well. Right. Um, our school doesn't, our district does not do taking temperatures of students or staff, and um, I really wish they would. I, I, I know that parents are desperate to go to work themselves, and sometimes, you know, you, you give your chil- children aspirin in the morning, Tylenol, and just get through the day, get through right, the day. Right. Um, and in this day and age, it's really not acceptable thing to do. Right. And so I wish that we had that. Um, you know, we haven't had any test COVID testing for staff, which I thought we were going to be doing, but that has not happened yet, Yeah. which I think it would be important. I think that there's a real fear of shutting down schools because yeah. parents will get angry.
1: Well, you imagine, and, yeah. um, Go ahead, you ahead. know,
2: they... They don't want to have cases on their, their um, board because then they have to shut down schools. And it, it does make parents very angry enough right. to to protest at school board meetings and to beat down the doors <laughs> of the district office and get a lot of nasty emails and voicemails and letters. And it's a very hard situation that districts are in. It really right. is. Right. I, I wouldn't want to be one of those um, a superintendent ever because it's you're, it's hard to please everybody. Right, you know, um, it's 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 very hard. Right now, the the governor has shut down, put a lot of things on lockdown, but said schools could remain open. But you're not supposed to have, you know, a Thanksgiving or a Christmas dinner with your fan, someone from outside your household. So, right. you know, my my classroom is like my home away from home. I spend more waking hours there than I do at my house. And so I can't have Christmas with my family, um, my extended family, but I can have all these different individuals from different households into my house, basically, um, every day. So it's just very inconsistent. And, you know, I just, it's it's a very upsetting thing, you know.
1: Well, you mentioned some of the things that you would like to see change, but if you had the ability to make changes or you know, be in someone's ear that could make the changes. What, what kind of suggestions would you make? What kind of changes would you like to see? You mentioned a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: think all teachers wish that parents would have to spend one day yeah. teaching.
1: Yeah. Well, I think some to, of them just, did, though, yeah. kind of in the, in yeah, the, in the, in the early the Yeah, but teaching
2: a group of students every yeah. day. Um, I, I, I know there's so many parents, and I, I'm so fortunate. I have very supportive families in my class this year. But um, some teachers don't have that. And, you know, you have to give people grace these days. You know, um, schools are doing the best they can. Teachers are doing the best they can. We're trying to assign work that the average kid could do independently at home. And, you know, students have different learning needs. We're not all... Uh, created equal that way right and um you know i we we know that you're frustrated with the situation this is not the way we want to teach we want all of our students there at one time Uh it would make our lives a heck of a lot easier um so we just we wish people would be patient you know if we send your child to a nurse yeah it's not because we don't like your kid it's because we are afraid for our health right and the health of the other students that we're responsible for so if your child gets sent home sick Please don't get mad at us. I I have a good friend whose um, parent just was irate and sent her a nasty email. Well, that that affects our day. Yeah. You know, we're not trying to. We did not cause this virus to happen, this pandemic right. to happen. You know, we're victims just the same as everyone else. So I wish people would take that into mom, to mind. That yeah. it's, this is hard. No one. I don't know of anyone who is um, in twenty twenty who said my life is going better. Be, than before ever you right. know everyone is affected, everyone has uh emotional problems, everyone feels like they're going nuts yeah, and that's that's the thing that everyone needs to remember It's not just the kids yeah. it's it's everyone. the adults too right For you sure. know it's it's hard it's people say oh self care self care it's very hard to do
1: self care because no one it's just we're everyone is struggling, you know right. exactly, well, if you could reach out to anyone in state government and and put you know something a little something in mm-hmm. their ear. What would you like someone in state government? I mean, what would you like to tell them when you they're know, making these decisions for the teachers and for the and yeah, for the was, districts and so forth and the statewide education program?
2: Please close this down. Um, it just it doesn't feel safe, um, and you know, I, it's it's really hard. I just feel like it, the, where I live, you know, more and more cases are happening, so it's scary. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's. you can't close some things and not other things. It just, it just be Close the restaurants, close the bars, close everything else, but,
1: uh, but leave the schools open where the kids Yeah, Yeah. I
2: was, I was on Facebook last night and there was some, some Canadian premier of, a province or something. I don't, I don't think it was the prime minister, but um, he was really interesting to watch because he said, I'm the guy that's shutting down your businesses. I'm the guy. And it was, he had a really, uh, Powerful speech, yeah. and I just thought, okay, he's he's saying, you know, this is me. I am doing this. This, and so this. he's taking responsibility. Right, he's yeah. taking responsibility, and I was very impressed. Yeah, um, that someone know, would say this. That is someone not would me. say this because yeah. it it's you know it, it's I I didn't I didn't do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, exactly. So, what do you think this entire situation of at home learning and now hybrid learning? What's this done to the education overall for kids?
2: Right. Well. I can certainly say that I'm not getting through the content like I could before. There's not a lot of collaboration because I have my separate groups. So we're kind of missing that collaborative piece that we've gotten used to in education. Um, I do think that, you know, students who really want to achieve, they're going to do fine no matter what. It's, It's the students who are apathetic. Yeah. They're not paying attention and they're not, they don't have a teacher in the room sometimes prompting them, hey. You got to do this. Hey, put away your book. Hey, stop playing the video game. So I, I do worry for those students, but I what I do feel is that every student in the United across the world, we're all in, they're all in the same boat. Right. We are all having these changes that we didn't ask for happen to us, and right. so I think in the long run it'll be okay. You know, this, life is not always going to be like this, right? right.
1: now. Let's hope. <laughs> and yes,
2: let's hope. And so I think you know as we get a vaccine into our systems and schools are able to open up the way we want to be open with all of the students in the, the classroom at the same time, you know, things will get better. It's yes. just, it's hard right now. We're doing right. the best we can. We are, you know, we are regulated. Students do have to have a certain amount of minutes. Teachers are giving work and providing instruction and helping students, yeah. you know, when they need, um, so I think, you know, we're doing the best we can with yeah. what we're, what the, the ball that we've been thrown, the, the, right. the deck, the, the hand that we've been dealt out of the deck, you know? Right, exactly.
1: Well, we're running out of time here and okay. I know that your time is very valuable, but I do want to ask one final question. What about the ongoing emotional toll on the kids, the parents and the teachers?
2: Yeah, I, I think everyone is done with this now. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I just think, you know, it's, teachers are, teachers are very upset. Parents are very upset. Kids are upset. You know, we just have to we have to give each other grace. We have to find something in life to keep us going. Things to look you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, maybe you're gonna do a special family activity on the weekend, like we're gonna go drive around and look at holly lights, you know. Maybe we're gonna schedule a Zoom session with our families in a different state and do that. You know, maybe maybe you've done so well in school and you've kept up with your work and your teacher says you've did all your work this week. Maybe I'm going to order you a book on Amazon. You know, um, maybe we're going to bake something in the kitchen. I think you just have to find something t- to hold on to and to look forward to. And yeah. it's, this is no one, no one is having a, a fun time in life, you know, with all the restrictions, but it is necessary to keep people safe. Right. And, you know, it's just, you have to reach out. You have to make connections with your family and friends and, you know, your neighbors and just, you know, text, call, Right. Say hi from six feet apart because that's that's what keeps you going is the connections that you have. Right. Exactly.
1: Well, thank you very much for all the candid and eye opening comments. Actually, Um, this has been a lot for all of you. And I know that I'm not alone when I say that I think teachers should be considered frontline heroes. I mean, you guys are frontline workers just as much as I think as, as hospital workers and everything else, because you are right there. In, in, you know, in front of the kids, uh, trying to keep everybody together, you know, on your Zoom calls all day, you know, doing your hybrid learning. And, to, it, and in my mind, you are the heroes. <laughs> you really are. I, you. Just, <laughs> I just want to say that publicly because, um, you know, hopefully people will start to appreciate teachers more. Uh, I know that I don't think I've ever appreciated teachers more than I have, you know, those past nine months or so. And uh, I, I just think you're, you guys are doing a great job. And I just want to say to all the teachers and all the districts out there, I realize that you're doing the best you can, and I just hope that the public will start to understand that as well. So I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for all that you do. Well, thank you
2: for uh, inviting me to be your guest and uh, letting me provide my input. Oh, I appreciate it. I hope I have covered all the needs or addressed all the concerns that teachers of 2020 have.
1: Yeah, well, thank you very much for joining me today. And to everyone out there, please stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for compliance tips, cost containment ideas, new trends, and decision-making tools. This podcast is produced by Advanced Benefit Consulting, Anaheim, California. All views expressed are those of the host or interviewees and not necessarily those of Advanced Benefit Consulting. Information contained herein should not be construed as legal advice. We always recommend that you consult with your legal counsel as situations do vary. Miss Koshu can be reached at 714-693-9754, extension 3, toll free at 866-658-3835, or visit our website at advancedbenefitconsulting.com.